Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the, oh, I didn't think of an intro, by the Venom to my, oh, no, no, I can't do that, uh, by, by the uh, werewolf to my vampire, it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? I feel as half-assed as that intro. Uh, well, <laughs> Kevin, our very own mummy, that's right, the worst Halloween villain. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? Okay, one, you didn't call me Frankenstein, shame on you. Everyone takes that dig. Hey, Michael, Michael is Frankenstein. Yeah, Michael's definitely Frankenstein. <laughs> also, if you want to go worst Halloween villain, how am I not the creature from the Black Lagoon? There you go, Ke- Eric. Shade yourself. That's what yeah, I wanted to hear. That's why it's uh, all before. right. Uh, yeah, yeah. usually I think of that beforehand, but this time I, I wanted to start, and then I like realized <laughs> that we were starting, and I was like, uh-oh, I guess I got to just go. I can't yes. just... We can't restart. Nathan that- was not ready for his own introduction. <laughs> Nathan I wasn't ready for that, the football. This is where we are. <laughs> Kevin, and you said it was half-assed, but you're, that makes you half-man, half-wolf. So it was half something else. Okay, anyway. Uh, Kevin Kevin is so mad Kevin right now. all these hybrid moments. Let's go. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Seahawks victory over the Detroit Lions. But before that, I have a take. I've been so excited about this take. I've been like hyping it up before the podcast. I've told Kevin this is going to be a take, take that you right love. It's a, I teased the take to the other of the podcast. You guys ready for this? Let's do it. Give it. Here's my take. All right. The Seahawks are the third best team in the NFC. Tell me why I'm wrong. Oh. Ooh, because they're tied for third with Carolina. No, they're no. Okay, I can... well, you're wrong because we're four and three. Yeah, but the team. Yeah, the... look at the rest of the records. Yeah, are you going to say Washington's better? Washington and Carolina are the two teams that are ahead of us in terms of of record. Yeah, because it's basically Minnesota, New Orleans, Minnesota, uh, and Chicago, the L.A. Rams, and then other. Mm-hmm. I agree. New Orleans and the Rams are clearly. I think if you tear off all the teams, though, there's a big chunk of teams that are all together. Uh, Seattle. Carolina, um, Chicago, Washington. Washington, maybe Philadelphia and Minnesota and Green Bay are in there too. But I don't think that there's a huge difference between any of these teams. I think they're all roughly equivalent, except for New Orleans and Los Angeles are clearly a cut above. So to the next, my fault to that is, is like, why can't the Seahawks go on the road in, in the, and be as the five seed and, and take down one of these one of these lame playoff teams that's going to win one of the bad divisions. Like, why can't we go back to Chicago and beat them or go into Washington on their terrible football field and break a couple of guys' knees? Oh, I think it's really likely that this is the type of team, and I've been saying it all season, um, in, the, in the preseason, this is not a team that people are going to want to face in the wild card round. Like, if you win, <clears throat> like, this is a team where wa- we're going to play Washington in the wild card round and just, like, like Larry at them or we're going to end up playing you know we're going to play a team that mm, is the NFC's Cincinnati Bengals I don't know and just like knock them off and like it's gonna be like the Detroit game from a couple years ago and then we'll actually go up against a really good team and probably not be able to come out on top so so what I hear you saying is is that there's a chance we are actually the third best team in the NFC it's possible. Like, if you look at all those teams that go in as a wild card team and get to the Super Bowl, I'm not ready to say we are that team, but it's looking like it's a possibility. Look at the New Orleans Saints. Look at the Los Angeles Rams. Both of those teams show weaknesses. They show inconsistencies. Those are teams that can be beaten by an on-fire Seahawks team, I feel, uh, towards the end of the year. We've had to deal with injuries. We don't have, like, these untouchable players on this team that... Oh, when Richard Sherman goes down, we're screwed. I feel like 
so many of our guys are uh, interchangeable I right got, now. We got one of those guys. Yes, 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 yes. But what I'm saying is the Wilson. same position is for everyone else in the NFL. Yeah, if Russell Wilson goes down, we are screwed. Yeah, hey, no, we, no. we lost Earl, and if we Drew, are doing if okay. If Drew Brees goes down, Teddy Throsvelt's coming in there, boys, and New Orleans is going to the Super Bowl. I'm all about Teddy Throsvelt. <laughs> that would go. be kind of the best thing ever. Um, okay. uh, so, uh, quick response. Uh, one last thing on that. Third best team... Right now, it's hard to evaluate because we've either played really good teams or really bad teams. We have the fourth best DVOA in the NFC right now. That's the thing to consider because, like, we played Oakland. Oakland sucks. We played Detroit. Detroit's not very good. Uh, I disagree um, with that. I think Detroit is bang average. Arizona's garbage. Arizona's trash. Uh, the Rams are great. Have we played? Sa- we haven't played San Francisco yet. Have we? Nope. Yeah, uh, we, we have two games. Ooh. We have two wins left on the two schedule against them, the and one against Arizona. That's why when we were going oh through this God. last week, I'm like, okay, we're guaranteed three wins. Where are we going to get the rest from? Well, as of right now, that puts us at seven wins. I mean, so we only have to get a couple of like nice games. And honestly, the Carolina games and the Rams game, and so the two LA teams in Carolina are the ones I'm looking at the as Chiefs, likely losses. And the Chiefs could have could have the West wrapped up by the time they come visit us. And even Christmas. if they don't. I could see us still winning them in a shootout. Yeah. I don't... I'm not... Winning against them in a shootout. Yeah. Okay. So so we, we got the path, 9-7, and 10-6. and six. The path is there, right? To get to a, a fringe playoff spot. There were 6th in DVOA. We just took down the, De- the Detroit Lions, 28-14. I think people are going to try to devalue this win, Kevin, because like you just said, I think people uh, underestimate this Detroit team a little bit. They're not good, but they're not bad. Their offense ha- is pretty good. They're uh, shockingly inconsistent. That's their, the thing. Their defense, I think, looked. <laughs> I think their Snacks, franchise story. The pickup of Snacks Harrison was a good one. Like he yes. played really good in that game and uh, was disruptive in the front and helped get a body on the ball quick. But they just, yeah, their their special teams are horrible and they, they have they have holes for sure. And they have that horrible loss against the Jets in Week One, and you shouldn't lose to the Jets. Yeah, going to this game, both teams are four and one in their last four. I don't know, man. I can't really see the Lions better than nine and seven any year. Okay, so let's get into the the, the Lions game. Um, what are what are some things, uh, Eric? What are some things that you noticed uh, when you were watching this week's game? Consistency in the passing game. I mean, Russell Wilson had uh, another game where he threw for under three hundred yards, uh, made most of his attempts, had uh, good throws downfield. I'd like to give some. Props to our offensive coordinator. <laughs> um, nine, I feel honestly, nine of his nine of his uh, nineteen attempts were over ten yards, Eric. So yeah. like that that your eye your eye test matches exactly what happened. And he, com- sh- he completed all nine of those passes. How do you feel about that? He also only had one actual incompletion. The other two went off of a player's hands. I feel or like didn't that's three feet in. I feel like that's very fair, Kevin. I mean, it's we're kind of uh, Ooh, we're mincing tasty. words at that, but yeah, it's it's really great. I really liked our receiver play. Um, mainly from David Moore, uh, really impressing me there. Our run game with Chris Carson. The only the only real knock I have on this game is uh, when we when we hit the red zone. We hit we were like the, what the three yard line, and we didn't run it three times in a row. Um, that's like my only knock on this game. Yeah. Of okay. So the you you noticed the efficiency in the past game, Eric. We had. F- uh, 14 rece- receptions, right? Or uh, yeah, 14 completions. Yes. 14 completions, and 11 of them went for first downs, which is a pretty incredible rate. Dude, he had a uh, 14.6 average. It's That's like nuts. It's like yeah. it's a uh, it's very the passing game just moved the chains. 
Uh, and not only that, we moved the ball through the air. 248 of those yards, only 58 of them were, were after the catch. The ball was, those are pinpoint throws by Russell Wilson into perfect spots that really made the, the, the team just keep, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And it's not like we just picked on, um, on one guy, you know, like sometimes in these games like this, you know, where you have like a perfect rating, it's just like one guy getting destroyed. It was not like that at all. That guy um, was Detroit's defense. The, yeah, the, the, the none of the guys were targeted more than four times and i mean yes tease Tabor got beat the worst <laughs> he got four for four uh that one play was weird the new catch rule in effect yeah um I that was that, good to see that was kind of inter- it worked interesting. in our favor and um yeah we so um i agree eric the passing game like cutting loose was awesome uh, part of that passing game and i just feel like this is overdue if you've listened to this podcast at all certainly since i've joined in the last like five years our offensive line play in the passing game was beautiful. May I just say, Jermaine Effetti, my hat's off to you. You did some good blocking in this game. He's a real boy. He's uh, he's turning into a fine young man. <laughs> the Seahawks only allowed eight pressures today. Once again, a very high percentage of those pressures turned into sacks. The three of them were sacks, um, which is kind of weird. But of the eight pressures, three of them were credited by Pro Football Focus to Russell Wilson. So, so you know, a higher rate of them was, you know, on rust than the offensive line itself. And I thought, I agree, Eric, the pass blocking in this game was quite good. Uh, Dwayne Brown looks excellent on the left side in pass protection. I thought um, Carson actually did a good job uh, pass blocking on his plays where he kept in uh, all the running backs, really. Dixon did a good job. Me and yeah, I thought our tight ends did quite well there too. Um, yeah. So yeah. And Dixon proving he belongs. Uh, our famed tight end, George Fant. <laughs> yeah, George Fant, dude. George... Can we talk about Fant's route real quick? Yeah. Okay, yeah, please. So uh, George Fant uh, has been coming in as a blocking tight end the last few weeks, which, you know, he's an athletic big guy. He played tight end um, in basketball in college. Well, he ran a route. He ran one route last week. He <laughs> ran one route two weeks ago. But this was not... This was not just a route. This not like was a, a, this is a real route. He didn't run like a like a like a drag route to the outside. He didn't or run like a quick drag. He didn't run like a shallow like, like a out out or anything like that. This dude's about twelve to fifteen yards downfield, like running down the sticks. If you're a cornerback and you see George Fant running towards you. How hard are you running to get out of the way? I would love to see one of them try to tackle George Fant. Yeah, I, I thought Fant was uh, was pretty great. I mean, <laughs> he, he would be he, painful. He played on twenty three snaps. He had nineteen where he run blocked and four where he pass blocked. Um, I think that it, what to the next wrinkle to that is, like you said, Kevin, just getting him out on a couple routes, make, keeping people honest because we don't want people to cheat too many guys in. A big part of the modern NFL is getting the other team off balance. We've put them off balance by overloading, and now I think what the next step is to put them off balance by by uh, maybe throwing a pass in that situation just to keep him honest. Speaking of the balance, Mike on Twitter asked a question about Russell Wilson. Is he getting better? Is this the same old Russ with a better O-line? And I'd like to address that real quick, but I know you have some thoughts too. Okay. So uh, in my opinion, what we're seeing from Russell Wilson, there was a really interesting article uh, that came out discussing Pete Carroll and Schottenheimer and the way that they're trusting pre-snap reads from Russ in a different way. And... What you're seeing a lot of, according to the coaching staff, is Russ checking to available run options based on the coverage he's seeing before things start out. And I think to an extent that would make sense. I feel like last year there was a large amount of trying to force feed a West Coast passing system into Russ. And this year, 
especially since the team's gotten hot, we've been playing consistently to what Russell Wilson does well. Um, using the run game, using the deep pass game, using play action, and using his mobility. So I feel like you are seeing the same old Russ, except maybe with a little bit more responsibility and a little bit better understanding of how to run the offense. I think the most impressive thing about the way Russell Wilson has played in the last couple weeks is that he is more willing to stand in the pocket and not cut and run like he used to. So this week, and when not, when not pressured, he was 9 for 10 for 166 yards, three touchdowns, and those nine completions went for eight first downs. So the... The thing, the thing that's crazy for me is that, you know, Russell Wilson is much more willing to just stand in the pocket, move through the pocket, because he trusts that it's not going to just fold in on him and to get destroyed immediately. A lot of plays would, would open up with a five or seven step drop and then instantly lead to Russ peeling to the outside as he runs for his life. And we only saw that like twice in this game. Correct. And one was the incompletion to uh, Vinette on the sideline. And, and then one was the completion to Dixon. Yeah. So the, and that completion to Dixon was an awesome play, like just just a great. That's a classic Russ play. But I feel like that was play design. That wasn't just like Russ deciding to cut and run. That was like, hey, we're gonna roll you out and get you in space. And I well, like the touchdown throw to Lockett, the first touchdown of the game. There was um there was a protected boot action to the left, and he lofted that one to Lockett with a linebacker collapsing in. Now there wasn't really pressure, but he did have to like there was a timeliness to the throw. Because he had to get the ball over the top of the linebacker, but release it before the linebacker crashed in anymore. So there have been a few of those kind of nifty plays. Well, never since the uh, we started lamenting the lack of the read option, Nathan would call out how, you know, Russ could have kept on a majority of these plays. Not really? majority, but yes. On well, a I don't know. On a insignificant portion. Yeah, on a third maybe uh, in a couple games, it just felt that way. I've really been watching that and watching, uh, you know, rewinding via my cable box and the defenses are actually they're I don't know if they're exactly containing Russ, but there is a spy. They they've kind of figured out a way to hedge that bet. Yes, and, I agree with that. And Russ is really doing a good job of still hiding the ball just long enough. But as Kevin said, you know, basically avoiding that pressure just enough to get the ball where it needs to be. And also Carson has done an amazing job when the run's really well covered. And this is something that we were talking about before the podcast today. The offensive line in the run game, they're not getting tons of push. The big difference this year is they just never seem to get beat. And no one's no one's knifing into the backfield four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, so like, nope. if, and no one's Eddie Lacy and falling as soon as his finger touches me. Carson gets touched, you know, at or close to the line of scrimmage on a lot of plays, but then. You know, he's able to grind out six yards, four yards, six yards, because he, he's really good at creating yards after contact. Uh, of a hundred, of his 105 yards this week, 86 came after contact. And I think that that just shows kind of us taking advantage of our personnel, right? Carson's a battering ram. He's, he's He will run a guy over. You can't get him down with a weak arm tackle. His but long, he runs with control, unlike Rawls. I think that's important. His long rush last game, 12 yards. You yep. know what? We're not he's we're not blowing anyone point two average. We're not blowing anyone open with a forty yard run. You know that's just not what what's going to happen with this offensive line. That's just not the way they play. But it we don't need them to. Our big plays are going to come from play action. Our big plays are going to come from Russell Wilson. So so we need the rushing game to just move the sticks, keep them honest. Eight first downs created in the run game this game, which is excellent. Uh, that includes the one from Dixon. I'm, 
<laughs> so I'm including that. That's eight. That's the eighth one. Yeah, that was Kevin. a first down run right there. Yeah, that was a first down run. Uh, it's also like the fourth longest run in the whole game. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, I just think that the team, you know, is doing it's doing what it needs to do. They, they're playing to their personnel. They're making things happen. So the, do we want to address the penny question here? The then? team is solid. It's not spectacular. We're not. I would be stunned if we went on the road and beat the Rams in the playoffs, but it could happen. It's not like this. We it's just, well, we could definitely beat Minnesota at oh, home. We're we could gonna, definitely beat the Eagles. We're we could definitely beat. Yes, we're gonna kill if we go on the road to Washington in the first round of the playoffs. We will kill them. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, what do, what do we got? Next question. Okay. So then the other question that kind of uh, plays in what we're talking about right now, uh, there's a question about, you know, Carson seems to be making a statement, which I think we can all agree. The statement Carson has made is, I'm the correct running back for this offense. I can I can, I can get yards after contact. That's, I, and I do think that the, the, the team had the read on this because Rashad Penny was a yards after contact monster in college. Yep, you and cannot, a missed you tackles can, guy. You, you cannot arm tackle rashad penny it is actually very difficult to do so i think that they picked him with this in mind like hey we're not going to be able to just push people around with the offensive line but we can create enough space that a guy who can fight through contact will get it's why rashad penny is maybe a better fit for us than like sony michelle or someone someone along that line yeah there's a and in the preseason we're or in the pre-draft uh we we're looking at chubb and Penny as the two guys that yeah. were really good Roy- fits. Royce Freeman also. Oh, Royce Freeman also, yeah. yeah. I was really into Royce Freeman, who uh, has disappointed me so far on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the big thing is, I think what we're waiting for is towards the end of the season and then next season is where we're going to start seeing Penny. Penny's going to be taking over the Mike Davis role. He's going to be the complimentary back. And I think he's a really, I think he has a great skill set as a third down back or receiving back. And Nathan, I know you have a lot to say about rookie running backs but eric i want your thoughts real quick first i was gonna say ideally kevin i think that there's a chance that they split this this work share next season with don't don't get crazy here but if all things goes the way they may intend chris carson becomes that second back because carson's bulldozing people like we said before he's getting 4.2 a carry he's getting you know 12 yards it's no real breakouts there's some impressive runs uh what is First or first drive, we had a nice nine-yard run, nine-and-a-half-yard run. It was really impressive. That kind of breaks the defense's back early. But if Rashad Penny can be that guy that does, like, Sean Alexander things, like breaks off a 40-yard run. Has that extra gear. Yeah, becomes that kind of superstar running back. Then you have the flashback. Rashad Penny is your number one. Chris Carson bulldozing at a steady rate at number two. That is a very potent attack that well, breaks thunder down. Thunder lightning. Yeah, it's it's cliche, but yeah. man, I think that's what the Seahawks are trying I mean, to Carson's do. Carson's long run on the year is twenty four yards. It's like, yeah, I agree. I think he jumped an entire human being on that run. Yeah, he's 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 not he's just not a home run hitter, but he punishes the other team. You know, he punishes them and just pounds it over and over just crush it he's like um he just breaks him down you know he just breaks him down he's a uh, over and yeah. over now and over and I, over and i think over. i think eric's on the right track here the there's a there's a field goals did a really fantastic article about just the efficiency of rookie running backs and how there's a long history of successful running backs not starting off their careers in a super uh, impressive melvin fashion. gordon yeah melvin mm. gordon's first season was horrible and now i think most people would agree todd Gurley's second year was awful I mean, these these young running backs sometimes just have bad seasons, you know, bad bad goes of it. Um, the talent is there. Uh, we just need to give it time. 
I'm not I'm not super worried about it. Do I wish sometimes that we would have spent our first round pick on Jair Alexander and not move down in the draft? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do wish that sometimes. Not nearly as much as I wish that Derwin James would have fell just a couple more picks. Yeah, but I mean Jair Alexander. I watched. Did you watch that last Green Bay game? Jair Alexander is really good at football. Yeah, he's a good football player. Wow. So so um I uh yeah I just I just kind of um you know it's it is what it is and. Yeah, we're not going to be spending any resources on running backs for several years because we've got three years of Carson, three or four years of Penny. Uh, there, there's there's no way that we're spending any draft picks or free agency money on running backs in the foreseeable future. Yeah, unless it's like a sixth or seventh round flyer. No, and especially because it seems like we've got a lock on Mike Davis's heart, and he is the perfect depth running back, like in every way. He does, he does everything all right. Yeah, he's good at everything. Like he can catch the ball, he can block really good, he can run pretty good. He's not going to he's not going to put it put you in and give you a zero in any area. He's so valuable to us though that I just I never want to see him go to another team. I just love him as a Seahawk. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Okay. Right, are we talking defense? Let's let's get into the defensive summary from last game. I want to say welcome back KJ Wright. You are the best. Um I missed you so much and I could not believe it. Uh he was can I, I reverse th- my take on how much I'm willing to pay him off of our life? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's put that number back up a little let's bit. Bump that up a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh, he was so good. And I don't know if when Kendris comes back, do we have the best linebackers in the league? Uh, we have, a, a, we case. have a really good linebacker. Yes, court. no, yes, we especially do. with Mingo rotating in and out, depending uh-huh. on what kind of and how much pass. Kevin, how many snaps do you think Mingo played last game? Uh, including special team snaps, quite a few, but no, just defensive, just snaps? defensive snaps. Uh. But there are a total like 56. 59. 59? That's almost nice. Um, he played Ten away. 40? 17. Whoa. Yeah, we really did We really did not use three linebackers hardly at all in this game. Um, There's a lot of Coleman in there. I didn't even think about that. Mingo, Mingo played seven snaps against the rush, nine in coverage, and only rushed the passer once. Yeah, a fumble recovery, um, though, when Tedrick made up for giving up the touchdown on yeah, the first drive. So, so I think that the, the the future of this team is really just two linebackers on the field, Kendricks and Mingo providing quality depth. Mingo maybe mixing in a little bit. But if Jacob Martin keeps playing great in pass rush, I, I think that steals most of uh, Mingo's pass rush potential. Uh, that that he, he kind of sucks up that role for Mingo. That's are, those are nineteen snaps Mingo could have had, but Martin, I agree. And Martin I also got, I Martin got four pressures. Be I mean, four pressures on night on uh, eighteen pass rushes. Uh, you can way to go, young man. Keep keep it keep it up. He does a thing. Yeah, he's, he's good at his he's thing. He is good at. We all love a guy who does a thing. Um, uh, Frank Clark somehow was only credited with one sack. Am I reading that correctly? Correctly, correct. Because so then Shamar, on the strip, he snacks. didn't get it. We only had two sacks: Shamar Steven and and uh, Frank Clark. So then Clark's strip didn't count as a sack. Mm, I don't know. I, I I didn't pay close enough attention to know if there was another. Oh sack man, Clark. The, the anyway, Frank, no Clark's how Frank Clark was just really disruptive and great all game. Uh, Rich- uh, Deion Jordan is back. 27, 27 snaps. <laughs> he got two stops, four tackles, four pressures. Uh, I we kind of before the season and in, in the last season we were saying this guy could be a stud if he can just stay on the field, and this is the first game where he finally seemed. Back. Well, now Rasheem Green's supposed to be healthy for the next game, so our defensive line rotation is just looking well stocked again, which is lovely. Uh, um, Coleman got that really critical interception when it looked like they might be able to turn it into a game in the fourth quarter when the refs gave it back to them. Yeah. And this is time for my hot take, and that is those games that we have where. Um, we get upset about a call or something that happened, and at the end of the game we're going, yeah, but in the end, if this was a really good team, they would have been able to overcome that. Well, 
The refs tried to give this game back to the Lions in the fourth quarter, and it ended up not mattering because the defense was really good, and when they had to come up with a play, they came up with a big play every single time. And that's kind of the story of the defense this year. Like, we're plus 10 turnover margin. We don't give the ball away, and we are taking it. It's it's funny how at the beginning of the year, the, the pulse of non-Seahawk fans, or even Seahawks fans, was, you know, Legion Boom is gone, your, your defense is going to be crap. No, it's a completely different defense. The Legion of Boom was, uh, you can argue it's one of the, maybe the best defense of all time. Nope. It changed the way games were called. You're not going to be able to replicate that ever. And to have such a stout defense that has its own identity, too, still a Pete Carroll defense, I think it's impressive. Number two DVOA defense, the second the. Football Outsider says this is the second best defense in the league, and uh, I can't strongly disagree. I think it's a very it's a very talented defense that is playing very good right now. Um, the I, there's I've I noticed really Flowers a lot less, which is really good. Yeah, Flowers had a. Uh, I, I thought it was a mystery bag kind of game though. Like he gave up five receptions and didn't he didn't allow a lot of yards after catch because he's a pretty good tackler, but. Uh, but that that stuff kind of um, oh, it wasn't it, a great team. But it, I'm not actively frustrated by him frequently. No. And then, which um, is a good sign for a rookie corner. Corner's not easy to play as a rookie. Yeah. Brad was out for like uh, ten or ten or so plays, and Delano Hill got those plays. Uh, I was not super impressed. So that makes me worried. If if Brad goes down, uh, Hill really needs to step up. Delano Hill's a weak side linebacker. Like that's that's really what he is at this point. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know if he's ready to play. He's not ready to step in for Brad. Let's just say that. Uh, well, Brad, Brad's. I think like the third best linebacker in the NFL according to PFF or uh, safety in the NFL according to PFF right now. And if you've been watching Brad all season, yeah, he's definitely a top three safety. Let's that talk, dude's been just clutch. Okay, let's talk Tedrick Thompson. So Tedrick Thompson, we got a Twitter question about him. So I pulled up some Tedrick Thompson stats. Uh, Tedrick Thompson in this game was pretty good. He got three tackles. He had a, had a run stop. He was targeted twice in the past game. Gave up one pass. Now that one pass he gave up, guys. You want to hear this? That's the first pass he's given up since he became a starter. And uh, he, he that's 118 times he's dropped back in coverage and he's given up one pass. It was that's, a really bad one, though. That's 118 passes per <laughs> Per reception. He lost Marvin Jones for a touchdown. Yeah. Well, that was rough. I mean, we all love Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. It was his sultry voice got to him, yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty awesome, with though. Montez Sweat at a casino <laughs> near you. Montez Sweat and Marvin Jones go up against Tedrick. Tedrick's in trouble. Montez Sweat, dude. That's a, that's a name. Uh, all right, so... <laughs> That's active derail right that's, here. You, you've really thrown me <laughs> hey, off. Hey, Kevin brought him up in his college football conversation last week, and I'm still not sure well, he's you real. Did, you did my soul singer Marvin Jones voice, yeah. and so it immediately brought up the Montez Sweat conversation from last week. So I was I was in. Anyway, <laughs> so Tedrick Thompson, I, outside of one really, really bad play, he spent the rest of the game making up for it by making a lot of really good plays. Yeah. The only thing is he doesn't seem to be able to close it on the interception a lot. He had another chance for a pick. He read a uh, sideline route. He'll get just there in beautifully, and just didn't quite college, get there. He led the Pac-12 in interceptions. He'll get there. He, since, He's got the hands. I agree. Since the since week five, when he became the starter, he has the fourth best Pro Football Focus rating, eighty three point three. Um, that's pretty awesome. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm super I'm super into what Tedrick is is putting down. I'm picking up what he is putting down. Uh, so. 
yeah, that, I think that he'll continue to be successful. He's good. At, he's really good in coverage. And uh, coming out of college, I know some people saw him as like a like a tweener. Like maybe he's not going to be able to play safety, and he's not quite a cornerback. What does he fit? And I think like as a coverage safety is is what he is good at. And as Kevin said, he makes good reads, and sooner or later those are going to start to turn into picks, and we'll see him really become kind of a monster. Uh, Eric, do you have a do you have a Tedrick Thompson take? Ooh, that's the three T's. Ooh. That's <laughs> triple T action. Okay, I, I do. Everyone uh, who knows me, listens to this podcast, is in this room, uh, knows how much love I have for Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas uh, would lose guys in the backfield sometimes. Uh, they'd go over top of him. Earl Thomas was uh, notorious for just being short of the interception. I don't know if Tedrick is going to be Earl Thomas level because Tedrick does not change the game. He does not change the field of play like Earl does. However, if you think that Earl... Uh, didn't have his struggles throughout his career. Uh, Tedrick Thompson is honestly the best replacement I could have asked for, and I feel like he's only going to get better. Oh, but that's, my, picture, that's my triple T take. Could you picture having Earl back next year on a reasonable contract Don't, and playing all three of them at the same Kevin, uh, we just got done talking about Montez Sweat. Can we just cool it now for a little bit? Oh, I'm heated. Uh, by the way, by the way, Brad Brad McDougald is a. It's because you brought up Brad Kevin, twelfth in twelfth on the season, and we pro can't over talk about Brad. Um, and guess guess who's eleventh? Guess who's eleventh? That's our good friend Derwin James. Who we get to play next week. Oh. All right, so um, <laughs> Kevin curses, dang, ah, it hurts so much. We we all we all were uh we all were on that train. So at least we can say we had good analysis. You know, we it's did. Like, it's not like we were we were even the dope who doesn't watch college football. I was like, oh, Derwin James. That guy looks really large, and he plays safe. This I, seems like a good pick. I watched, the, I watched three YouTube videos in one game with him. Why he did the so Packers good. trade HaHa Clinton? I don't know. We'll get to it later. All right. So, <laughs> I just don't, it doesn't make any sense We'll to talk me. about it in the Packers preview game since we have a Packers game. Yeah, we do have a Packers game, and I'll just I'll, we'll just trash them for that decision. They're still in a playoff race. Let's trade our I'll best be safety. I'll be too busy trashing them for their head coach entirely. Yeah, that's, probably, that's probably their head coach's fault that they did this. All right. I agree, just because you can't blame too much on Any him. other Twitter questions we got? We got one more, right? Uh, I think, oh, uh, one more really interesting one. So Joel asked, which of the Seahawks we lost this year due to trade or free agency would you love to have back on the current team? Um, so Sheldon Richardson. Let's do in not, a world where Cap close. doesn't exist and then in a world where Cap does exist. Among interior defenders this year, Sheldon Richardson is 20th, 20th best at creating pressure. Um I think he's a special, special talent on a team that's not even really playing that good. He is still separating himself as an excellent player. He has 11 run stops. He has uh, 26 total pressures. Only one sack. I think that that that, that does that kind of misses how effective he's been because 26 is quite a few pressures. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Sheldon Richardson, uh, and I challenge you to, to say someone else. I dare you. Come at me, bros. Richard Sherman on the contract he's on as our basically second corner richard sherman has played pretty good this year but i will i'm going to make an argument against him and here's why no one throws at him because the guy playing on the other side is hot trash <laughs> like they they why would you ever throw at richard sherman when you can just throw the other way to literally anyone else yeah remember when uh, richard sherman wouldn't get targeted because he was so good it's it's the opposite he's not getting targeted because the other guy is so bad honestly i've sheldon richardson too but i'm trying to think like I don't know. Is there, are we missing somebody? I remember being so mad at the start of the season. I also have Sheldon Richardson. So yeah, we're now I'm just like, meh. Uh, Bennett, 
I mean, as depth in the pass rush, but I don't really think we need that. Tom Jackson. <laughs> Tom <laughs> Jackson. Why did we cut uh, Benedict Thumber Thumberbatch? What is his What is his nickname? That's exactly who it was. The guy who played Doctor Strange. He was our left tackle. Right. <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Strangest. All right. Let, are you guys ready to preview uh, Chargers? This is. I feel like this is a fantastic game. Game of the week, perhaps. Yeah. In the it NFL. should be really good. We have uh, one of the top five teams in the NFL and the Chargers playing against one of the top ten teams. Top ten teams Bottom in Seattle right now. Yeah. I think that there's a clear tier here, difference here where the Chargers are probably the bottom of the tier one teams, like the worst tier one team, and we're like towards the top of tier two. I think they're the top tier one team, but they have the bottom tier luck out of all of them. They have the bottom <laughs> tier coach out of all of them. That's shade shade for Van. What? Not Vance Joseph. That's the Broncos coach. Shade for uh, Lynn. The, uh, Anthony. Anthony Lynn. I have no yeah. idea. All right. Wizard so- Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Mike McCoy. <laughs> Oh, oh no! This is this, big. This, we are we are so far off the rails. Okay, <laughs> the the Chargers have no home fans because they play in Los Angeles, and all, the Rams also play in Los Angeles. I like how the Rams were beat. Uh, the Packers outdrew the Rams in L.A. Yeah, that, that tells you what's going. L.A. Great football this town. L.A. things is hor- great football two teams town. LA. In LA times two. All right, let's so let's two talk teams about teams, and they can't care about either. Yeah, let's talk about the Chargers. The Chargers have. Like five defensive players that I think are really, really good, and then let's uh, let me. I'm going to cover them a little bit. Uh, Desmond King, their cornerback, is is a talented football player. Uh, Derwin James, we talked we talked about him a lot in our draft preview. Um, he's he does he kind of does it all. He's a Swiss Army knife. He covers well. He has four sacks. Um, he he does he does kind of a little bit of everything. He's Seven a Bobby Wagner sacks. style blitzer where he's very efficient. Right. He's he's he hasn't brought a ton of blitzes, but he's gotten ten pressures on thirty three pass rushes. That's crazy. Um, Melvin Ingram is a very very talented pass rusher, and he's going to get to play opposite for Joey Bosa the first time for this year. So that's going to be our big challenge on offenses. Can this renewed pass protection stand up to Ingram and Bosa? Eric, do you think that they can they can take down these two beasts? Uh, no, I mean, uh, that's that's a short answer. That's a really crummy answer. I think the Seahawks are going to have their hands full, and I think that it is a test that we may not be ready for. I would rather see the uh, the Packers coming in after that tough, almost home loss last week than the Chargers coming off their bye week. Only because the Chargers, as as they gain steam, they tend to fold. And this is right before they start gaining steam. This is the game where they will win to gain steam. They have an amazing pass rush we just talked about. Uh, their defense is stout. It's uh, I feel like it's it's our defense. It's almost a mirror image. They may have bigger names, at least uh, on their line. Uh, we haven't even gotten into their running game yet. Yeah, and with, so let's go to the offense. The the Achilles heel for this team is what you said. You guys talked about like luck, and I think luck in a lot of people's minds manifests itself as bad special teams. And this team has the lowest special teams DVOA in the whole league. They're thirty second. Their special teams suck. They've had like a million kickers since since in the last like what two years. Yeah, so because they just can't get a guy who can come in and just bang kicks through the yeah. Uprights. Name a kicker from last year. Roberto Aguayo. Really was he on that team? Yes. Gross. Uh, they also had that that Korean guy. Um, uh, yep, Cho. What's that? What's that guy um, that played for the Mariners? Uh, Die. No, Die Ho Lee. Yeah, uh, it's it's that guy. Um, that guy <laughs> was a kicker. Correct. <laughs> um, okay, but let's talk about the. Uh, I just wanted to mention yeah, that Chan guy on, on a on our channel park. I just want to mention that guy on the podcast. Shout out, shout out, Die Ho Lee. All right, so um, the the Chargers, their offense. So we talked about the defense first because I wanted to get that out of the way. It's a good defense. It's not a great defense. It could be great now that Bosa's back. You can attack them with the run game even with Bosa because Bosa's yeah. not a great in run coverage. But, but 
Bosa um, does change the dynamic of that defense, though. And we're going to have to do something to keep the pressure off because they're going to get theirs. Yeah, and so now we go to the offense, though. This offense is incredible. I don't know any other way to put it. Uh, Phillip Rivers, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. These, they can hurt you like 500 different ways. Uh, Tyrell Williams also really good. Um, yeah, they I, go four or five deep at wide receivers that yeah. you don't want to deal with. And their offensive line is not trash. Antonio like, Gates is old. Okung is Okung's putting in like good work for them. Uh, the which, interior's doing well despite getting Okung, injured a bit. Okung, Okung was always good if uh, if he was here. Yeah, and they got Sh- Schofield and Pouncey are both pretty good on the interior. Going back to their running game, they have two backs that are very similar. Just one is second best in the league. The other one is just like, second best on the team. And the other one is like the most efficient. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of kind of uh, what New Orleans has. Like um, yeah. Eckler is super efficient. Every time he touches the ball, something really great happens. And then Melvin Gordon is uh, is their like marking room. He's Eddie. just stolid. He and is actually a surprisingly good pass catcher. Because the only thing is Melvin he, Gordon might be out for this game, and that does change yeah, their if, offense. If Melvin Gordon misses this game, I'm I'm actually like. Leaning towards it's it's this this game's pretty close to coin flip for me right now. If Gordon ends up out, and Bosa is maybe on a limited pitch count, then this is a game that Seattle could hang in enough to come out on top. I really think, especially if we travel well, and it turns out to be more like a home game. This is a home game. This game's in Seattle. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't making the joke about LA. We. I, think I just wanted to make fun. I just wanted joke. to make fun of LA as a football town. Sorry. I, if I can. I, oh, if I sorry. Have I have my LA backwards because we have LA and then LA. Yeah, we have both of them. Yeah. Still. My it, mistake. We're playing yeah, in we have, LA against the Rams. We have road Rams. Yes. Yeah. You're correct. So my mistake. The um the they have a okay so running back Melvin Gordon though I think they held him out the week before the bye because they wanted him to be back for this game. They really wanted to make sure to get him right for this game as opposed to rushing him back, which I think was smart because they're going to need him. They need, they're going to need to push, push the run game and really come after us in that manner to, to do it. Um, well, and they're playing catch up right you, now against Kansas City too, if you, so they need the wins. If there's a way to attack this offense, it's the, it's the right side of the offensive line though. Um, Okung, Schofield, and Pouncey are solid, but the other side is pretty questionable. Um, and I think Tevi is someone you can really get after in pass coverage and make and make our pass protection and really make Philip Rivers' life miserable. And when Philip Rivers is under pressure, he is a uh, he is just not quite as uh, good as normal. He's he's like thirty. What is he? Thirty nine? Forty? Like he's a million years old. <laughs> so it's not he's surprising. Thirty seven, I think. Is it thirty seven? He's, he's thirty six or thirty seven. Um, Either way. But that's still, that's an elder statesman. Not everybody plays as long as Brady. So the fact remains what you're saying. If we can have someone other than Clark generate pressure, if we can get, you know, Clark being a pest and then someone generating pressure on the right side. Deion Jordan. This is a game where he's really important. Yep. I think you're right on it. Also, Rasheem Green being back. If Rasheem Green can get a couple of pressures, that could be big. uh, Nathan or Kevin, can you give us a... A more in depth without going too deep on their offensive line, just a, a sure. I mean, I could just tell you that that like Okung is solid, like and Pouncey has been good uh, so far this year. He's one of Pro Football Focus's highest rated centers. Okay, um, that's then, those are the kind of numbers uh, I wanted. So he's seventy two point seven, and he's he's been pretty good. Do they have any? Uh, Thanks for being the stat man and, now. And, Do they have any like way they prefer to run the ball, like direction, like they, Phil they Rivers, always conquer the left side or my my thing won't load. Like <laughs> I'm having technical <laughs> difficulties over here. Usually I'm able to flip through pages, 
pretty easily, but you can see this. Just uh, if you want to talk generally about the way that loading. Rivers does that, uh, I can give a bit of more of an answer to Eric's question in a second. Go, go for it. So, uh, just, so, okay. So generally, though, this this team, uh, the Chargers, the Chargers, are run, they run the ball pretty well. Uh, among running backs so far this year, uh, Ger- Melvin Gordon has been one of the most effective on like just an overall basis. He has a 8.9 DVOA. He's eighth ranked running back in the league. And then if you look at the guys who don't get many touches, if you like let people let it go lower, then Eckler's second. Like he's the second best guy, but he just doesn't touch the ball that much. It's because they don't need him, I guess. But on an efficiency basis, Austin Eckler's numbers are pretty ab- absurd. Like I don't know any other way to put it. Like he just he every time he touches the ball something like really twelve good carries for ninety yards. Yeah. He has fifty three runs for three hundred and five yards, which is just yeah that's in, a lot insanity. Like he 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 just gets six yards a rush. But that you know if if they gave him more volume, his efficiency would go down. So it's it's hard to say. Like do they just use him really correctly? Is it like um like Tariq Cohen? You know, it's like one of those like pass catching backs that you need to use sparingly because if you overuse him, it just the effectiveness goes way down. Right. That being said, on third down, a guy like that peeling out into the flat, like bot that's a big that's a big assignment for Bobby and for KJ that they need to make sure to lock down. Yeah, having KJ back is a really big deal in a game like this. Uh so as far as directional running, a lot of their big runs seem to go over the right side and they're among the best in the league in running to the right. So where the right side of their line is um their pass blocking weakness it's their run blocking strength which is not uncommon Hmm. so uh we should be able to stuff them up the middle uh it's more a matter of keeping them from busting out for big runs especially over the right side i finally got my my thing to load one thing i wanted to say before we go they they throw a lot of passes over 20 yards they have 26 pass attempts over 20 yards and they've they're 12 for 26 on those for for six touchdowns like they 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 have some home run hitters yeah, they're on this. sick in the deep middle yeah they throw they throw they throw deep all the time and they they like to throw deep and they they hit too they're they got some home run hitters on this team so it's something to watch out for in this game uh another thing is is that they don't pick up the blitz super well so i would like to see us mix in a few more blitz blitzes and see if we can get create some extra pressure that way because um philip rivers has his lowest uh passer rating when when blitz much lower passer rating when blitz than when not blitz this year when when not blitzed he's 127.2 which is an absurdly high nfl passer yep. rating a worrying a worrying number to say that's the very least. close to perfect <laughs> yeah so but when he's blitzed he's 90.8 so you can if you can get to him if you can blitz him if you can get in his face make his like difficult it makes it much harder for him. Another reason he's so efficient when he's not blitzed is because he's got all these guys. It's just there's a guy everywhere. Every guy you have to cover. You know, it's like they have three top wide receivers. The only position where they feel like they're weak is tight end because I don't think Virgil Green and Antonio Gates is it's a, they're a little past it, right? Right. Losing Hunter Henry kind of took that weapon off the table for them. Um, they also have another tight end, Sean Colkin, but he's mo- he mostly blocks. He's 76 run blocks out of Sorry his 120 that. snaps. Antonio Gates is finally showing his age at 73. Yeah, he re- he literally retired and came back out of retirement, so it's not surprising that he's showing his age. Also, when he comes in the game, he's always running a route. Like it's like a dead giveaway that they're going to pass. Yeah, <laughs> he's not in there. He ain't in there to run. He has 33 run blocks on 141 snaps. He's in there to <laughs> he's in there to come in and catch a ball. Uh, he's like their Mariano Rivera. He comes in. He's the closer. Are we doing predictions? Let's do it. Let's All get right. in there. All right. I'm going to go with um, my number 
oh, this is hard. I picked on the other podcast. I picked the Chargers, but I'm gonna pick the Chargers still. <laughs> the Bosa thing worries me. I if they, if Bosa was unhealthy or or if Melvin Gordon is unhealthy, I think we got a good shot to win this. I would actually be picking the Seahawks. I'm gonna assume both those guys are healthy. And I'm gonna pick the Chargers to win twenty-eight to twenty-four. Eric, I really like that score, dog. Um, Copy it. I'm not. It's okay. I'm, I'm four stealing of it. What's funny? Last week you guys went high in your scores, and I was like, the Seahawks have not scored high in the all season. Blah blah blah. You're both wrong. Uh, and the and Seahawks, Seahawks pretty scored. high. No, yeah, I think you guys were in the 30s, like 31. I was 30. in the low 30s. Yeah. Yeah, we were in low 30s. Yeah, and, and they went 28. 20. So with that, it's gonna be weird. I feel like. I don't feel like this game is impossible, but I want to be realistic at all times with my Seahawks' love and expectations. I feel like this is a loss for us. I think the way we win this game, to pull from the uh, the things that Nathan used to say, how do we win this game? I think it depends on the crowd and the weather, and if we can use that to our advantage. The crowd, the crowd contributing to a to our young pass if rush. It's a dreary gray game and the crowd is up and the and the pass rush comes in the charges are history having said that 24 oh this sucks 24 20 ah shit 24 20 27 24 chargers Ooh. So we got a couple of nail biters here, and I am of the same opinion because I think these are pretty evenly matched teams. But I think this is going to be one of those ones where the pass rush is going to get theirs, but so is the offense. So I think this is going to be a little pointy, um, but it's going to be within probably one score in the end. I'm going to go with 33-27 LA. All right, so we've... I mean, the thing about the Chargers is they have no home field advantage. So every um, every t- every game is a is a is a uh, a neutral site a or neutral road game. site road or road game. Yeah. So um, I'm just gonna throw that out there. All right, um, F- Seahawks Nest podcast. You want to help? Ooh. Oh, oh, Kevin, college football. College. Okay, good because I need a minute to do something. So this is like perfect time for me. <laughs> go, go. All right. Go crazy. So I'm gonna be filling this because we have a a loaded slate. What kind of slate do we have this week, Eric? I think you said it was loaded. It is a loaded uh, slate. Wait, like so you're saying there's potato. like there's like bacon bits, uh, sour cream, it's chives, got like green, green onions, uh, a little chive chop over there. Let's be honest, it's gonna have butter. There's in There's some too. cheddar. The butter's underneath. You can't yeah. see it, but you know it's there. Um, it's like Jaws. You can't see it, but you know it's there, and it's probably gonna kill you. <laughs> so I, uh, we have the twelve thirty slate's really big. So we have three games happening at twelve thirty or twelve forty five. Uh, these are all Pacific time because that's what time matters. So, Georgia's playing Kentucky, and Kentucky actually has a football team. Kentucky's ranked 11th. Georgia Georgia hasn't always shown up to play for every game. So, this could be real interesting. And if Kentucky wins, they kind of have an inside shot at the uh, SEC championship game. So, players to look at for them. They have a running back, Benny Snell, who's a bruiser. Um, but a guy I think is interesting, they have a corner named Derek Beatty, who's very long, very rangy. He's not getting interceptions. He's a guy who might be a, like a late round flyer for Seattle. And then Josh Allen, their defensive end slash linebacker, their rush linebacker. Josh is Allen is so good. Really good. He's really fun to watch. Uh, Georgia has a kicker named Rodrigo Blankenship, who looks like a doof. You should watch him. He's really good <laughs> at kicking, and he looks like a big doof. Uh, if we're going to draft a kicker next year, I want him. Uh so, number 12, West Virginia, is playing against number 15, Texas. Uh, West Virginia has kind of an aired-out passing attack. Will Greer, who's a really interesting quarterback, 
um, who I'd love to have a backup if he slides in the draft next year. And they have Sills and Jennings at wide receiver. They have an offensive tackle who might project more as a guard named uh, Yandi Kajust. And he could be a guy who goes like middle rounds if we're looking for a athletic big man to go um, on the interior of our line. Texas has a pair of wide receivers in Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey that are both bigger guys. And then number 14, Penn State is playing at number five, Michigan. Uh, Penn State has a really interesting pass rusher. He's one of those guys that could get lost in next year's draft because there's so many defensive linemen. Sharif Miller is a guy to keep an eye on. And to see him playing, it's a pretty solid Michigan O-line. Michigan has two excellent defensive linemen in Chase Winovich and Rashawn Gary that you definitely want to watch. And Rashawn Gary has to play against Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern is one of the higher rated centers coming into the next draft. So this should be a challenge for Rashawn Gary, who's like a three-tech pass rushing defensive tackle. Uh, and the last game I'm going to bring up, the 5 o'clock game, number one Alabama against number four LSU. So Alabama, this is the first time I brought them up because Alabama is usually winning by like 35 by halftime. This might actually be a game because LSU has a really good defense. From a draft perspective, it's read by, it's led by uh, some players that are out of position for our interests, um, especially linebacker. But two guys to keep an eye on who Seattle would love to have. Uh, they have a defensive tackle, Rashard Lawrence, and then Greedy Williams, who's the best corner in college football. Um, nicknamed Greedy because, well, he's a corner and he steals the ball away from other teams. Uh, it's my favorite nickname of the week. Alabama has Trevon Diggs, who is fighting to be the best corner in football, in college football this year as well. So Trevon Diggs and Greedy Williams are both really interesting, like, first-round potential cornerbacks to watch. Alabama has a few offensive linemen, Lester Cotton, who's a guard, uh, Ross Piercebacher, who is a center, and then Jonah Williams, a left tackle. These are all guys who could be going in the first few rounds of the draft. And then... Uh, running back Damian Harris, who's kind of a do-everything back, who is going to go way higher than we're going to be looking at anybody. But a defensive tackle, they have a three-headed monster. Uh, Quinnen Williams, Raekwon Davis, and Isaiah Bugs. You might remember that when we did the draft preview, Nathan and I talked about these three. So the three-headed monster at defensive tackle is one to keep an eye on because all of them are really Sunday kinds of guys. And all of them can kind of do everything. So Quinn and Williams is the one having the best season so far. Davis and Bugs had, especially Davis, had the hype coming into the season. Those would be another set of really interesting players to watch um, how they perform because one or two of those guys are going to fall in the draft this year. And that's another one where someone from Alabama, someone from Clemson, somebody's going to go like a round or two later than they should. And that's where Seattle's going to find some value in the draft. Great. Uh, Kevin, I wasn't paying close attention because I was doing my thing that I needed to do. Did did you say Texas is playing West Virginia? Yep. I'm excited about that game. That uh, game should and be And Georgia-Kentucky, obviously. That, uh, those are the two games. And you, I, I chimed in with a little because I, I really enjoyed watching Kentucky play. It's uh, They are a surprisingly fun team to watch. They know exactly what to do, which is give Benny Snell the ball a million times. Yep, because their quarterback, <laughs> popcorn arm. So, okay. All right. Uh, so, if you want to support the Seahawks Nest podcast, it is easy for you to do so. You can head over to patreon.com slash Nest and join our loyal followers uh, who give us a little bit of their hard-earned cash every month. We also provide a picks podcast in return. Uh, we have been very good on our picks this week. Last week, I personally went uh, 12 and 1, 13 and 13 1. 13 and 1. 13 and 1. So, I mean, if you want to get a hold of these picks, if I you want, I, I am now officially like, 
like what five games ahead of ESPN's Bicker six six head- yeah we're all doing very well in comparison um, yeah suck at Lewis Reddick so so, so uh, if you want to join those people getting those picks uh, if you want to be like Forrest Richard Tom Lucas Carrie Chuckatilla Kieran Brett Mike David Mirza Keith Arthur Frank Michelle and Brian you can be like them and join us on patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest also. Uh, you can head over to facebook.com slash the Seahawks Nest, twitter.com slash Seahawks Nest. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a tweet, uh, add us. Uh, we've been getting a lot of good questions lately, which I really appreciate. Helps us a lot. And then give us five stars or a heart on your favorite wherever you find us, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, it helps us a lot. Helps these people find the podcast, which is what we want. And uh, it makes us feel good inside of our dark, the dark recesses of our heart. Um, so this week... Uh, movie club. I thought, you know, m- movies are great, but you know what the best part about going to the movies is when you go to the stand and you grab a piece of candy and it's Halloween. So I thought, why not give our definitive best candy? Why don't we do a candy eliminator, a candy eliminator? I a have candy eliminator. Yep. I have listed off 30 potential, 32 potential candies, Ooh. which means we're going to have to go fast sometimes. But One for th- NFL, but trust me, team. there's a lot of yeah, ch- some of these are really easy to get there's rid of. There's a lot of chaff in here. Yeah. Okay. See here we rounds. go listed in alphabetical order okay so no no editorializing here three musketeers almond joy blow pops butterfinger candy corn dots hershey's hershey special dark jolly rancher kit kat laffy taffy m&ms milky way milky way midnight nerds peanut butter m&ms peanut m&ms pretzel m&ms <laughs> the reese's reese's cups reese's pieces Skittles, Smarties, Snickers, Snickers PB, Sour Patch Kids, Sour Skittles, Starburst, Swedish Fish, Tootsie Rolls, Twix, Twizzlers, and Whoppers. First of all, is there anything I totally missed that you feel like needs to be in here? Do you have the Snickers bar on there? I did have a Snickers in here. And I have Snickers PB. Oh, that's which right. Which is the peanut butter the, Snickers. The Snickers PB threw me off. I missed the first one. What I, what I gleaned from this Eric, do you need a Baby Ruth or something in here, Eric? Or like a no, no. 100 no. grand? 100 grand's 100 grand, 100 grand, really good. 100 grand's are good, but they're not really... I try to think of candies I've actually seen in the back. Because I went and bought a bunch of Halloween candy for an event that I ran at the middle school I work at. And uh, these are all things that I saw as choices to buy. Uh, like in the multi bags, so I was like, okay, these are the things that are actually Halloween candy. You got some... almond joy. That's a good one. The you... payday bar. All right, you guys are ready then. Sounds like yeah. uh, pay, payday is going to get eliminated quick, so I'm just going to. Kevin, Kevin has noted he we missed payday. All right, uh, if we if you have a favorite candy we missed and it's good in plenty, please unsubscribe. Okay, so <laughs> that's right, <laughs> that's right. Come Ooh. at me, black licorice lovers. <laughs> good in plenties. Uh, uh, what about now and later? Uh, I want. I want first. All right, uh, Kev- Kevin, can I have first? No, I got this. Oh, I want to eliminate Wait. the worst candy of all time. Wait, what if what if Nathan oh. doesn't? doesn't I want to. I just wanted to spitefully eliminate one that I hate so much that you already know what it is. Candy corn. Candy corn is out. immediately out. Now okay. you can do Twizzlers. All right, no, I'm not eliminating Twizzlers. <laughs> Whoa, really? I'm eliminating a candy that is We're going a, counterclockwise. I'm oh, eliminating a candy that is a lie. Uh, it is a uh, the source of bitches? much of my ire. I do not like it. Wow. Um, it is a. Uh, it is. It is copying off the name of a fantastic candy, which is made with peanut butter and chocolate, but contains neither peanut butter nor chocolate. That's right. It's a candy-coated garbage peanut butter peanut butter flavored fudge. That's right. Reese's Pieces. Suck it. You're eliminated. Eric, go. Uh, you know, way to way to doom the earth by ripping off the aliens' favorite candy, Nathan. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start. Uh, start low. Laffy Taffy. Laffy You're Taffy. out. You're gross. I like Laffy Taffy all right, but I, it's a totally understandable elimination. I, do you like Twizzlers it or is out. it just laying around? Yeah. Twizzlers are garbage. Twizzlers are trash. I agree. 
freak. They are things you immediately regret eating them every time. Uh, they taste Twizzlers taste like if you took a plastic bag uh, from the grocery store, rolled it up, let it soak in cough syrup overnight, and then attempted to eat it. I'm going to go <laughs> with um, blow pops next. Um, oh. I'm not, I don't really like lollipops. Period. Ah, blow. Um, blow pops are the gum inside is gross. Twizzy so. pops are directly better. Yeah. So I'm just gonna roll that one right out of here, Eric. I gotta be honest, blow pops. I knew shouldn't go far, but that is like one of my guilty pleasures around. Hey, that's fair enough, man. Halloween. None of these are okay. I'm gonna say at some point, none of these are like horrible. Like if, if I'm on a drought, I'm gonna eat one of these. But yeah, um, <laughs> I'm I'm eliminating a newcomer to the field. Sour Skittles. You're just you're just not worthy. All right. Kevin, uh, I have always had a slight disdain for Whoppers. Whoppers, they're yeah. very unsatisfying. Something candy. about them is right. weird. I'm a, this one's going to hurt some people because I know they're ardent supporters of this. Just like I ruined the people who love Reese's Pieces lives, I don't want your garbage chalk. Get Smarties to get out of here, Eric. You're up. I also am <laughs> going to offend someone, mainly anyone from the ages of eight to sixteen. See a Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, Jolly Ranchers are uh, not super great. Yeah, Kevin? we're going to go ahead and kill the uh, pretzel M&Ms. All right. Because I, there are two directly better M&M options listed. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hershey's. Uh, Hershey's bars are, are yeah. like not great chocolate. And so I, I will eat them, but I'm not going to get it. I would eat every other thing that's left on this list before I would eat it. So I'm going to eliminate Hershey's. No spite at all. That was my first non-spite elimination. <laughs> uh, related note. I had uh, spite for that one for you. Something that I really do enjoy personally, but I feel like if you're trick-or-treating, you're going to get this in the rich neighborhood. See you later, Hershey's Special Dark. There's nothing special about it, Eric. I don't know why they call it that. Kevin, go ahead and hit it's me. It's more special than the milk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a low bar you're crossing there. Um, let's see. I'm going to eliminate the Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll, yeah. Uh, they are fine. Uh, I do like when you get the ones that are like the uh, I was gonna vanilla s- or lemon. The lime ones. The lime ones are so, very good. So when we those get are those? a very interesting treat that you seem to only ever get on Halloween. Yeah, the fruit ones are good. And I actually thought about breaking it out, fruit ones and chocolate ones. But I knew that they both get eliminated. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do one. All right. We're down to like mostly good candies, but except for Three Musketeers, which is garbage so i'm gonna eliminate that one uh three musketeers is filled with boring that's that's what I would it's marshmallow would which is garbage it's not like marshmallow it's whipped whipped chocolate it's whipped it's mellow nougat y'all it's just like nougat. nougat okay yeah, i might be nougat eric go ahead uh i'm gonna eliminate my childhood favorite and by childhood i mean when i was six years old uh, see you later, nerds. Yeah, nerds. The, the little box of nerds you get too. You like, you start eating and it seems so good at first, but then by the end you're like, I really don't want any more nerds. Yeah, quote, there's, there's buyers regret on nerds. To quote Kevin about something a different candy earlier, too much of them makes my teeth hurt. Yeah, I, I can dig that, Kevin. That's a fact. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm now only thinking of ones that I need, like. So do I need a. I need, need a refresher. Rerun. Okay, we're down to we're down to the top. 17. There's some almonds get rid of. Almond Joy, Butterfinger, Dots, Kit Kat, regular M&M's, Milky Way, Milky Way Midnight, Peanut Butter M&M's, Peanut M&M's, Reese's Cups, Skittles, Snickers, Snickers PB, Sour Patch Kids, Starburst, Swedish Fish, and Twix. Oh, it's Dots. Dots. I was going to say, how did Dots make it this far? All the gummies are about to run out, (laughs) and this is the bottom of the gummy tier. Okay. My, my elimination here is Skittles, and here's why. Ever since you replaced lime for, with green apple, I've never forgiven you. Get out of my eliminator. Yeah, that's like getting rid of the Sonics. Yeah, getting rid of lime was a bad choice. In fact, funny story. My friend, he was in the military, and he said that they still had Skittles with lime in them because they got like big shipments of them like way. He's like, yeah, we still have ones with the lime in it. It's great. <laughs> I was like, dang it, that's so, so cool. So morale's going down next year is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, blue raspberry didn't make up for it. You guys are a joke. Um, I'm going to eliminate one of my most hated candy bars. 
Goodbye, Milky Way. All right. What do you hate so much about the Milky Way? Is it just uh, uh, it's like all creamy inside? Like no, well, it's like textureless. It's, it's not gross enough to be Three Musketeers, but not delicious enough to be Snickers. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. It's a very middling bar. Yeah, just like By the way, if you're allergic missing. to peanuts, you hate our remaining list. And y'all can deal with it. Kevin. That's your fault for being genetically inferior. Kevin. Um, Kevin just, I am that was way worse than me antagonizing people who like Good and Plenty, wow. mostly because no one likes Good and Plenty. <laughs> Kevin. I am going to eliminate Swedish fish as I oh. go on my quest to eliminate all things that get stuck more in my teeth than I get to actually swallow. I like Swedish fish. I think they're pretty I Swedish think fish are great until like you've had five and you're like, oh great, I feel like I'm wearing Swedish dentures. It's, a- it's more at your front desk at your office candy than Halloween candy. All right. There's two candies left that I would choose. Clearly are a bottom tier for me. I'm going to eliminate regular M&Ms. I think they're good. They're not bad, but they're just not as exciting. They're the epitome of They're I- not as exciting as the rest of these candies that are left. I, I love pissing off junior high schoolers. See you later, Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Eric, Eric wants to make it known that he is a, a true villain to all middle school students everywhere. If you are, if you are just a little bit sour uh, and not sweet and sour, you can get out. the warheads so that Eric can just piss on you a little more? <laughs> um, if Flamin' Hot Cheetos were on here, I'd eliminate them too. Okay, Kevin, uh, where, where you at? I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Starburst as I, as I continue to eliminate the gummy candies because those have gone far enough. Let's face it. If I want something that tastes really good, there's got to be a chocolatey factor there. All right. I know this candy is good, but I don't like it because sometimes I don't feel like a nut and sometimes I'm not going to eat something that's filled with coconut. Almond Joy, I'm sorry. I'm going to be the bad guy and get rid of you. Eric. This is about the right place. <laughs> yeah, we're down to a top. That was our top. That was the tenth, top 10. So Almond Joy is our 10th favorite candy. That's From, fine. All right. Eric. Uh, earlier, Kevin eliminated the third best M&M option. I'm eliminating the fourth best, peanut butter M&M's. Peanut butter, peanut butter M&M's is literally my favorite candy. Oh, Eric. I'm sorry, <laughs> Eric, you suck. <laughs> sorry, pal. That's all right. That's all right. That's the point of the eliminator. That's that. This is what happens. Um, so I'm okay with that. That's blow. That's blow pop vengeance. But uh, peanut. Uh, but I just want to. I just want to pour one out right now for my peanut butter M and M's. I think that's my favorite candy. And you know what? It's everything Reese's Pieces should be. That's a fact. <laughs> Fair, uh, Kevin. If if this was just me and Nate on the eliminator, it would have been in the top two. Um, I am going to at this moment eliminate. Oh, this is hard. I see something on there that shouldn't be. I'm so upset. <laughs> yeah, I'm I know. Sorry, I want to take it back. I want to take out. The, I know you want to take. I know I'm exactly. So what you're I'm going to eliminate the Butterfinger as I continue to oh. eliminate the things that get caught in my teeth. Uh, you know what the thing is? Butterfingers made a little bit of a comeback for me. Like I used to not like Butterfinger that much, and then this year it was in the candy pack my wife bought to give out on Halloween, and I've been sneaking up a few pieces here and there. We uh, lost Chris you, Cornell this year, and that's one of uh, Soundgarden's best Butterfinger, records. Surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly good. I'm. You know the best form of Butterfinger. The ones that are like one bite big. Exactly. Like those yeah. are the king of Butterfinger right. because the chocolate to uh, if you're eating a whole bar, kind of you're peanut butter right, you're ratio is better. Snickers PB, uh, you've hung on probably a little bit too long. You are a nice addition to the candy family. I appreciate your continued existence, but this is the end of the run for you, Eric. Milky Way Midnight. Uh, Milky Way Midnight. <laughs> you think you think you're funny hiding behind peanut M and M's, but. Honestly, you're just a scab. Get out of here. Okay, t- we're down to our top five. Kit Kat, peanut M&M's, Reese's Cups, Snickers, and Twix. All chocolate. I think that uh, that proves a, a pretty hefty point here that uh, we like chocolate. Here we go, Kevin. Uh, Kevin? I am eliminating a candy bar that is always almost what I want, 
and never quite what I want, and that is the Snickers bar. Right. Oh, wow. Snickers, Not I, think, I thought you would say. Snickers, I think, is solid but unspectacular. These last four candies are four of my five favorite candies, so this is really hard. Except for the one that Eric eliminated because he sucks. Uh, <laughs> Hi I think Hi is actually in my top five favorite candies, but the, we, I didn't put him in here because it's not a Halloween candy. Um, okay, I'm going to go with... I'm gonna dump Twix. I like Twix. I think oh. they're good. I never forgive you for um, this shit, Nathan. But uh, but I think Twix is the one that I want to. So now my with. two favorite candies have been eliminated. My all-time right, so favorite. Two of my three. Kit Kat, Kit Kat, Peanut M and M's, and Reese's Cups. Eric, what are you eliminating? Wow, well, that was really... tough. By the way, those are those are literally like four of my top six candies on earth. So it's not like I'm eliminating something. Bad. I was really hoping I'd see Twix in the final, and I wouldn't have to. You know, I could be proud of it. But uh, Kit Kat. You're you're fine. I I, lo- I, I really love like Kit Kat. I love Kit Kat. I, I like Kit Kat, but it's oh, not but these Twix. Are all good candies. Okay, candies. so then it's gonna have to be peanut M Ms out because Reese's should win. Hey, I think Reese's is like a, the crowd pleaser. It's everyone's favorite. Peanut M Ms, great run. Second place. I like it. Our well, champion. Second best M Ms. For the first the time overall. ever, though, I think we got a championship match that everyone, including the listeners, might agree on. Yeah, no. I, I would say Reese's cups are probably my second favorite candy. So I'm like totally into it. Okay, it should have been Twix or peanut butter M Ms next to it. But the same person ruined both of those. No, I, 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 I eliminated Twix. I don't care. <laughs> Your buddy, <laughs> if peanut m M&M, peanut, yeah, Eric could have snuck a peanut butter M and M's way deep and then eliminated them right at the end. Broke up, broke my heart. Okay, for Eric, for Kevin, tell us your favorite candy. Tell us which one we eliminated too soon. Tell me why I'm a monster for hating Reese's Pieces. We'll see you next week. Go Hawks. Good time, bro.